I'm E.J. Ionelli, and this is From the Studio. This morning, we are joined by our returning guest, Kent Kimball, who is executive director of the Music Conservatory of Coeur d'Alene. And he uh, he braved the start of the snow this morning to come in <laughs> and tell us about their upcoming performance of Handel's Messiah this weekend. So welcome, Kent. Glad you got here in one piece. Thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure being here again. Now, this is the second annual production of Handel's Messiah, and it was something that you kind of brought back to the North Idaho area last year. That's correct. Uh, Nobody knows historically how long it's been since there was any real performance of Handel's Messiah in North Idaho. Some people said, well, it's been at least five years. Others said, no, it's been 10 or 15. The history is inaccurate, but it's been a long time as opposed to the Spokane audiences, which have enjoyed uh, Messiah every single year for decades. And why was it important for you to bring back this particular work last year, and not only to bring it back, but to make it a tradition? Messiah has been uh, one of the most profound works uh, that has ever affected me, maybe the most profound. Uh, And the roots of that emphasis that it had an impact on my life go way back to my high school days, when I was first introduced to it. And Uh, listened to it a hundred times, a thousand times, without exaggeration, studied the book, studied every solo, every scripture, and uh, it's it's never ceased to have a very, very significant and strong impact on my life, musically and my spiritual life as well. And so this is one of those pieces that was um, kind of the the musical epiphany for you. I know we've had other folks come in like James Lowe, and I think uh, his his uh, epiphanical moment was the William Tell Overture and having it played in class and realizing that this was actually part of a whole body of music. And so was this that moment for you when it kind of opened up an entire world for you? It was. I knew of the Messiah uh, prior to that because my mom was a, a professional concert pianist and pipe organist and a composer. And uh, so I would go to church rehearsals of their choir and stuff, and I'd hear the Hallelujah Chorus and, you know, maybe a soprano solo now and then when I was just a little toddler. But in high school, it all came together and uh, clobbered me over the head, and it's been a lifelong passion for me to do the Messiah either as a conductor or a bass soloist or a chorus singer. And speaking of soloists, so last year we had Amy Porter, who was your soprano, Amanda Glover, who was your alto, Jad Davis, who was your tenor, and Max Mendez, who's now with um, Inland Northwest Opera, he was your bass. And this year you've got um, a slightly different quartet. Now Amanda Glover is returning, but you've got Tobin Eyestone as your tenor, uh, Stephen Mortier as your bass, and Madison Leonard as your soprano. And... Um, I was hoping we would talk a little bit about Madison Leonard because she has a, a pretty remarkable career. But if you could talk about Tobin and Stephen and uh, how you got them involved this year. Sure. Well, you know, we musicians, they're like actors. You know, actors have their roots and they come and cross and do this together and then they don't see each other for nine years. <laughs> and musicians are kind of the same way. Uh, Tobin is a, a, a professional educator in, in voice and in choral conducting and uh, in the school district. And uh, I first uh, came across him over a dozen years ago, I guess. We did the uh, Mendelssohn's Elijah together. And I went, oh, that's a guy I'm not familiar with, but I'm going to keep an eye on him. And so he's still active in many ways, teaching, um, 
and uh, developing choirs and solo voices in this area. Steve Mortier, kind of a similar thing. I've done a few stage plays with him, but mostly operas, and uh, great bass baritone. He is a baritone, but he's got a, a umph, a, <laughs> a power, a weightiness to his voice, so he can do both uh, just as well. And uh, we anyway, we did some operas together and have stayed in touch through the years. He's been at Eastern as a, a voice teacher for decades, as well as his wife, Patty, who is a fabulous mezzo in this area. A lot of people know of Patty, and they didn't know a thing about her husband being a soloist and vice versa. Oh, fantastic. And then maybe before we get into Madison, we will maybe showcase her voice and uh, and use that as her calling card and then talk about her in a bit more detail. Um, and we have two clips of her or two recordings of her. And one is uh, from a Donizetti opera. Uh, Donizetti, who just celebrated a birthday yesterday or would have celebrated a birthday had he I been very, very I think he's dead, old. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he okay. would have celebrated a birthday had he been, you know, very long-lived. Um, but this is from uh, The Elixir of Love. And uh, this was a performance that she did with uh, Andrew Stenson as, uh, as tenor, but this was with the Seattle Opera, and it was filmed during the COVID-19 pandemic. So uh, let's hear that Donizetti piece now. So a very brief vocal introduction to the soprano Madison Leonard, and that was her performing with the Seattle Opera during the, the, the pandemic. Now, Kent, tell us how you came into contact with Madison and how she agreed to take part in this Messiah. Well, I first came in contact through her uh, via her mother, Denise, and she and I were on the opera board together for many years, so we talked about all the opera issues and who we're going to book and how much they cost, and she's also a professional costumer. So she had been costuming me, as you were, uh, in many stage plays at um, uh, Schuller Auditorium and elsewhere and operas for several years, And but I never met her daughter and I never heard anything about her until one day... Uh, she told me the story of her daughter, Madison. She said, well, when she was 12 years old, I took her to hear her first opera right here at Schuller Auditorium in NIC campus. And I'll try not to be too much of an actor when I say this, but she was just enthralled at 12 years old and said afterward, mommy, mommy, 
I, that's what I want to be when I grow up. I, I want to be an opera singer. I want to sing in a big hall like this with no microphone at all. And, you know, little kids today assume that all music uh, is done with microphones and amplifiers in recording studios and not in the opera hall. Well, then I, it was about maybe um, 10 years after that, maybe in her early 20s, I actually heard her sing for the first time. And it was uh, not in an opera. It was in a, on a concert performance. And I thought, wow, she's good. Yeah, she might have a future. And then I didn't hear her again for maybe three or four years after that. <clears throat> and uh, she was playing Susanna in Barbara of Seville. And I was in the cast, a principal, and I nudged this bass next to me, and I said, have you ever heard her sing before? And he said, no, no. But he was a Metropolitan Opera singer. He had been in many things at the Met. He said, she's ready for the Met right now. I don't mean in three years or six years. She's ready for the Met, Met today. She is that good. And she blew us away. Well, that was 10 years ago. And since then, she's been doing work in the, some of the biggest opera halls, concert halls, uh, all over the country, and even in Europe. Yeah, and she hails from the Coeur d'Alene Hayden area, no? She does hail from the Coeur d'Alene Hayden area. She grew up here. She's a Coeur d'Alene girl, and it's kind of a um, local kid makes good story. Did I, I'm not sure if I told you the background of why she's singing with us. No, I, I'm curious to know it. You are curious. Yeah. Ah, let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> I knew that our soprano last from last year could not, she did a marvelous job, uh, has a, a doctorate in vocal performance and taught at uh, Gonzaga, and is just a marvelous singer. Lots of people here. And this was Amy Porter. Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she disappeared because she went to Missouri and, and now works at, I think it's the University of Missouri, uh, in the same capacity over there. So I thought, okay, well, I need a soprano that I was not counting on. And I thought, huh, Madison Leonard, uh, Leonard that would never happen. And I thought about it for a couple of days, and then I thought, well, let me give her, give her mom a call. And I did. And I said, Denise, this is Kent. Hey, I've got a long shot. This will, I, cannot happen. I know we can't afford her. She's way too busy, and uh, it won't fit into her schedule. But I'm going to ask anyway. Could, could she be possibly our soprano solo soloist for Messiah this year? And she said, well, I don't know. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll call her and ask her. She was doing a job in Atlanta or Cleveland or someplace. And I didn't hear anything from her for five weeks. And then my phone rings. And she said, uh, Madison said she'd do it. And I tapped on the, the phone and I said, what did you say? She wants to do it. And I said, you're kidding me. What's this going to cost? And she said, we didn't even talk money. She doesn't care. She just wants to come back here and sing for her friends and her family in the neighborhood that she grew up in. <laughs> That's fantastic. That, and, you know, incredibly generous, too, and nice that she uh, yeah, kind of honors her hometown roots like that. Very much so. You know, there's a, a number of artists who can't wait to get out of their hometown uh, and, and do what she's doing. But she loves this area. She grew up here, still has many relatives and many friends. And uh, so she's doing it. 
Yeah, and you, um, we've been provided with uh, another recording of hers, and this is uh, the presentation of the rose from Der Rosenkavalier by Strauss. And uh, this is one that she did with the Philharmonia Orchestra, and that was conducted by Jordan D'Souza, and she was playing uh, playing Sophie in this. Um, so, yeah, let's hear that now. This is a really uh, a big showstopper.
That was Madison Leonard performing with Hannah Hip in a production of Der Rosenkavalier, and that was uh, with the Philharmonia Orchestra led by Jordan D'Souza. And uh, Madison is going to be the featured soprano soloist in the Music Conservatory of Coeur d'Alene's production of Messiah, which is coming up this weekend. And uh, Ken, while that was playing, we had talked about how Madison had won the Met auditions um, and had gone on from, you know, local CDA Hayden girl to winning the Met auditions. Yeah, it's a, a, an amazing accomplishment to do that. I, I've been involved in the Met auditions regionally before as a judge. Uh, and, you know, the Northwest region will accept uh, auditions and then do live auditions and select a winner that then goes on to the nationals. <clears throat> so she won it regionally and then went on and, and won the grand prize, the top award in the Met auditions, which is just phenomenal. If you go back in the litany over the last 100 years, the, the, the singers that have won that honor have most of them gone on to incredibly dynamic and illustrious careers in opera. Now, last year, it wasn't just the soloists and the choir who were able to, um, to participate in the singing. The audience also got to participate in the singing as well. Is that also the case this year? <laughs> Great question. I've been asked that so many times. Well, kind of yes. <laughs> that's, that's a really straight answer. Let me explain. Um, officially, no, it's not a sing-along. Um, it takes a lot more work to put on a sing-along. You have to get books for hundreds of people, scores to follow, or project them on the screens. You have to have a rehearsal so that these major choruses beforehand, you know, you can have, they can have some idea of what you're going to do as you conduct them. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of work. And the musical benefit is very slight. Um, <laughs> You have people who always wanted to sing, and okay, here's my turn, boom, and they'll stand up and belt stuff out, and frankly, I'm okay with that from a non-musical standpoint. They're having uh, the, the dream of their life come true in some cases. They are singing the Messiah with an orchestra and a big chorus and soloists. So I am not going to discourage anyone if they want to stand up or sit and sing from their chair, more power to them. They're welcome to do it. I'm just not going to help them. I'm not going <laughs> to rehearse them. I'm not going to conduct them. They're kind of on their own. And it will happen. I just know it will happen. And they will be joining a chorus of singers. Now, okay. how large is your chorus this year? It's about 52. Uh, last year, it was 42. Okay. Um, we've had a lot more interest this year. We've got some great singers, great singers. Do you want to speak about them? Well, they kind of come out from nowhere. I mean, uh, some of them are from a sister conservatory of ours up in Sandpoint. Some of them are from the University of Idaho, voice students, Gonzaga, Eastern, a lot of local churches. You know, local churches are funny. They have one or two star singers, no matter how bad their choir is. <laughs> <laughs> they all have them. And they come out of the woodwork, and it's amazing. I ask, I always want to audition people. I don't care how many times they've sung the audition. That's helpful information, but that doesn't mean they get the job. So I always meet them. I always ask them questions personally. I learned this from my most influential mentor I ever had in my life, who was Dr. Charles Hurt from USC and did other things. Disneyland, the 84 Olympics, 
I'm an amazing man. He said, always get to know the people personally that you want to have work for you. And that just means you need to talk to them for at least five minutes. Tell me about yourself, both personally and your background. And you know if, if that's going to jive or not. And then you audition them musically. But people are moving up here into this area, <laughs> both pros and cons, whether we like it or not. They're moving up from L.A. and San Diego and Las Vegas and Tucson. There's no water down there. Things are too congested. Taxes are a problem. This is, North Idaho is kind of like heaven to a lot of people. People knock on our door. And this is not an exaggeration. It's the conservatory. In fact, it's kind of how I got involved in it, too. Um, they, they say, well, so what is this place? They, Tell me about it. What is, this is an amazing building. What's this building? Tell them a little bit about the history. It was built by the second mayor of Coeur d'Alene, and it's kind of a mansion that we acquired through uh, a stroke of genius and a bunch of luck. Anyway, they, so I say, well, tell me about yourself. What's your story? Well, I just moved up from Phoenix. When? Five months ago. Where are you living? Spirit Lake, which is kind of a suburb of Coeur d'Alene. And, uh, well, are you a musician? Uh-huh. Well, what do you do? Well, I was a concert master of the Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra for 22 years. I, excuse me? <laughs> well, yeah, that was, that was for 22. Then I went on to the L.A. Phil, and I, I played first violin for, for them. I played with Yasha Heifetz a few times, too, and Yehudi Menduhin, and, you know, are you serious me? Yeah. And then I fact check and, you know, check into them a little bit, and then they're the real deal. Uh, or they play clarinet, you know, down there in the biggest orchestras, and they're just brilliant. And we have assembled this orchestra of 22 players, <laughs> and some of them are our faculty members, and they're just people like I just described, exactly like that. Um, or they're, um, they're retired, you know, what are you doing now? Well, I play a little bit on the side in a few bands, and I started up my own plumbing business, too. And I go, really? Fascinating. <laughs> well, can I hear you play? Oh, sure. And, you know, I pull out their flute or their oboe or whatever. And anyway, they're in our orchestra, and we have people like that in our chorus as well. It's amazing. And you have this top-tier talent, but the you're also showcasing the youth as well. And I think the Coeur d'Alene Youth Choir are beginning the show with carols that, you know, m maybe invites a little audience participation too. No? <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. I did not ask you to bring that up, but I'm glad you did. Our youth choir from the conservatory, which has only been in existence for a year now, is actually singing at the main entrance to uh, the Schuller Performing Arts Center. We have the risers all set up and ready for them and the keyboard for the accompaniment. And so people will hear them who maybe have never heard them before. It's, it's delightful. Well, Ken, I want to thank you so much once again for coming in today and, uh, and braving the snow, and I'm wishing you safe travels on your, on your return journey. Thanks so much, EJ. I've been speaking this morning with Kent Kimball of the Music Conservatory of Coeur d'Alene about their second annual production of Handel's Messiah. And that concert takes place at 3 p.m. on Sunday, December 3rd at the Schuller Performing Arts Center on the North Idaho College campus. And you can get tickets and more information at cdaconservatory.org.